0: of the book of 1 Corinthians. I think we're going to make some more time this morning. Some things that we can see that maybe we haven't seen before in the clarity and the light that he wants us to see. We're going to start reading in verse number 23. Are you there? For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup, and when he had sucked, said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if ye would judge yourself, you should not be judged. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling, and what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, and what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe, according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And ask that you grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that we be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine evidence this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. While we were singing this morning, I, I, I was seeing something in just a little teeny bit different light that a lot of times that we don't mean to, but we we do it. We we're taught in church to put your trust in God because God's got everything under control. And that's a beautiful concept. And then uh, we go through trials and, and tests and things in life and pressures and circumstances and sometimes it seems that our, we're just bombarded and our and our life seems to fall apart because we're putting all of the emphasis on us and not on God. But I believe there's a part that both of those are correct and both of them are incorrect. Incorrect. And here's the premise that I'm coming from. The Apostle Paul, when he was preaching to a group of people, he used a phrase. And he said, it's in him that we live and move and have our being. See, there's some things that God has relegated for him to do. There's also things that he's relegated for us to do. It's when there's a marrying together that there's a strength that's made available to us in the church that a lot of times we've never really tapped into the power of it. Because there's a word that defines this type of relationship. In this type of relationship, it's called covenant. In covenant, you have two that have come into an agreement together. They've come into a contract together. They came into a union together. And in in that union and in that contract, there is something that both... Parties bring to the table. And a lot of times in church, we don't, we don't really, we do and we don't make the connections there together of the marrying together or the covenant relationship between us and God. Now, they gave example, I, what I was studying at this subject years ago they used two tribes that were in Africa. One tribe was the Pygmy people. The Pygmy people were a little short in stature people. The other group that was in covenant with the Pygmy was the Watusi. And the Watusi was a great, huge in stature so the picture was like this. If Sandy was one of these little pigs and she said, glory to God. <laughs> you know, a lot of us want to be smaller than we are, but I guarantee you, you don't want to be a pygmy. You don't want to be one. And if I came and I slapped This little pygmy. Upside the head. Now. Diane's already went to the flesh. She's already went to the flesh. But here we're talking about. Our relationship with God. And if we don't catch this part. It'll go right on over her head. And we'll miss it again. That. If I came up and I slapped the pygmy right upside the head, because that's all that I saw was the pygmy. Not realizing that when I did that, I was really slapping a Watusi upside his head. Now, I want to challenge you with a thought. You say, I say, we say. A lot of times, I just couldn't control myself. Well, that depends on whose presence that you're in. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed that? You You will get quite bold when you think you've got the upper hand. But a lot of times you won't take that same stance when you know that you don't have the upper hand. And somebody that you may have beat up on at several different times in your life, you don't pay much attention to it. But you take somebody that's beat up on you, that changes the picture. And here... We have to get the picture. It's not an either or. It's a both. And when we get the picture correctly of the both, the Watusi and the Pygmy, us and God, God and us, us in him, he and us, But a lot of times we as Christians, we see ourselves in the the situation, but never see God in the situation with us. Or we're spiritual enough that we see God in the situation and never see ourselves in the situation. But, But God is involved in every facet of our life. And he wants us to see ourselves the way that we really are. And let me take you back to that scripture. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. Lord, I'm going to do the living. You just give me the strength. (coughs) Well, that didn't come out right. God is in covenant with us. God is in covenant with us. Say with me, covenant. 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 Say with me, covenant. 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 Let me give you a different picture. Of covenant. Now you might not notice, But Sandy and I are tight. I'm not talking about money. <laughs> I'm talking about we got a good relationship and I thank God for it because he has truly blessed us with a good relationship. But here's something that you don't know about her. You can attack her all that you want to and she'll probably let you get away with it. But you can... Attack me, and you're gonna see some claws and some fangs that come out, huh? Not fangs. You (laughs) got. Let me correct that. When I was in school, the teacher told us one day. She said, "Um, "Don't be chewing chewing gum in class." This boy was in class. And his mouth was just a smacking. She said, called him by name. She said, what you got in your mouth? He said, teethies. <laughs> mm. She ain't got no fangs. She's got teethies. <laughs> that you can attack me. And you're going to see a different side of her that you didn't see before. Why? Because her love for me has brought something out. Same way with the pygmy and the Watusi. I could slap him around because he was the little guy that was disadvantaged. I saw this happen one day at work. <clears throat> there was this guy that was on one of the electric and heat and air crews. And he was a little guy. And everybody always picked on him. The little guy always gets picked on yeah, do not he? And that particular day, there was a Mexican guy that came in that was littler than he was. You know who set in on him? Do you know any who it was that set in on him? Who was it, reason? The little guy. The little guy. Why would? Why would he's been picked on all of his life? Why would he take it in, in turn? I said, you thought you weren't gonna never get another chance, didn't you? Because you had to set in on him. Brothers and sisters, you can't separate if you're going to think of God correctly and your relationship with God correctly and see see it as this. Well, it's just me or it's God. No, it's not either or, it's both connected. Because when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, We come into a covenant relationship with Him. And this is a must that we see as the body of Christ, that we see ourselves in Him. I've told you what I do in the morning so that I can see, see Him in me. And I want to rehearse it again with us because it's a must that we get these pictures Planted in our minds so that our minds are renewed by the word of God. 1 John four four. Take a turn to it and look at it. Let's see what the word of God has to say to us. I can quote it, but I want to see it. I want us to see it. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now I want you to notice something that John saw when he was proclaiming to the church, because a lot of times we don't see what God sees. Until we see what God sees, we won't walk in what God tells us to walk in. It's a must that we see it that we comprehend it. And I want you to notice this. He says little children. Little children. Little children. Oh no you, you big Watusi men and women in the faith. No he says you little children. Little children. He says you've overcome them. Everything has just beating me up. He says, you've overcame them. You just don't know what I'm going He said, you've overcame them. He's painting a different picture. Because a lot of times when we find ourselves in a defeated mindset. And in a defeated stance. It's because we're not seeing ourselves. In a place where God is in that place with us, we see that it's only us in the picture dealing with this circumstance all by myself. And why don't God help me? Why don't God help me? And He says, "You remember the footsteps, the little thing that they would have printed out, and the person said." Lord is at the hardest times of my life. And I saw that there wasn't two sets of footprints, there was only one set. Why did you abandon me, or why did you forsake me? And he says, I didn't abandon you, abandon you, and I didn't forsake you. It was at that those times that I was carrying you. Where was God at in The picture. Where was God at in the circumstance? It is a must that if we're going to walk in this victory that He has for us to walk in in our life, that we're going to have to see that He is not over there somewhere looking into the problem, He's right here walking with us. And until we see that, something will always be robbed from us. It's good teaching. This is Holy Ghost. And he's want us to catch these pictures. So, when I took and I slapped that little pigman, because that's what I could see in my mind's eye. Not realizing that that pygmy pygmy was in covenant with the Watusi. And when I thought that I was slapping down here, I was really slapping up here. Now, how many times have we ever bit off more than we could chew? wish that I could take back some of those things that I had said or some of those things that I had did. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. It's not a us versus a or God. It's a us and God connected together in covenant that gives us this victory that overcomes the world so David does this in the mornings because I want my mind renewed to this cuz I read about about people that that have a strong faith and a mighty relationship with God and that's one of the things that I want in life. A strong relationship with Almighty God. And I want my brothers and sisters to have the same thing. A mighty relationship that we know Him. Not that we've, that we've got a God that we just talk about and aspire to know, but one that we know that I know Him because this world needs to know that you know Him we need to know that we know Him He's revealed to us through His word by relationship with Him that we come to know Him so I get up in the mornings and I tell myself during the course of my praise and I said Holy Spirit you're the greater one and I emphasize greater Many times. Because a lot of times when we think of God, we think of God as being greater. But we don't think Him as being greater enough that we say it with our mouth. But I want to paint this picture in my heart of the greater one. And I say, You're greater. You're greater. You're greater. You're greater. You're greater. What are you greater than? I say, you're greater than the devil. You're greater than demon spirits. How are you when it comes to thinking about the devil? Do we shake in our shoes when we think about the devil? Oh, Lord, I hope I don't have a run in with the devil. And he said, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What needs to change? my viewpoint and the way that I see God in me and the way that I view the devil. I shared this with you before that uh, Smith Wigglesworth is in these people's house and he was asleep in the bed and he hears a noise over, into, over behind him and he takes and he rolls over in the bed and he looks behind him and he says, he saw the devil. And he said, oh, it's just you. rolls back over and goes to sleep. That's a picture of knowing the greater one on the inside. And he says, little children, you've overcome them. Little Tina, you've overcome them. Little Ritha, you've overcome them. I didn't say this. God said this. But he wants us to believe what he says. You have overcome them. Why have I overcome them? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I said. You're greater than the devil. You're greater than demon spirits. You're greater than the forces. Of darkness. You're greater than sickness and disease. You're greater than poverty and lack. The things that we fear. The things that we don't want to have. Any dealings with. Greater. Is he that is in us. Than he that is in the world. And I tell myself. I tell myself that every day. Because the picture in my mind and in my heart and my imagination has got to get bigger. Because if I don't, I'm walking this thing out by myself. Believing in God, but not believing that God is in me. And that's a game changer. When I see myself As God sees me, and I'm possessing what I'm supposed to be possessing. What am I supposed to be possessing? Him. The greater one lives in me. Well, who is the greater one? You talk about this greater one. Who is the greater one? The greater one is the Holy Spirit. Well, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Is God Himself living inside of us? Now, let's take a little basic theology for just a minute. The Godhead made up of three parts. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. When we say the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about the third class part of God. And when we're talking about Jesus, we're not talking about the second place part of God. We're talking about God. So for the greater one to live in us, the Holy Spirit to live in us, God has got to be living in us. And if God is living in us, Is there any situation, is there any circumstance that he's not bigger than? Is there anything that says, oh my God, what am I going to do now? He says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So in this truth that is in this scripture, he's painting a picture in our hearts and in our imaginations. This is why I say it every day because my imagination has to get bigger. My revelation of the truth of God has to become bigger. Because when I need Him, I need to know that He's there. So what am I doing? This is a way of practicing Joshua one This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so I get up in the early morning and I start saying this because I'm meditating on the word and I'm, I, what I'm doing I'm painting a picture I'm painting a picture so when I'm faced with circumstances and situations or that you're faced with circumstances and situations and you say well, oh my god what am I going to do now do you think things catch God by surprise? Do you think that they're too big for Him? I got my laptop back out. give him the iPad. See, when it comes to failures and flaws. A lot of times we wrap ourselves up in shame. True, shame is the cloak that we wrap ourselves to try to hide ourselves. But there's something about failures and flaws. God has seen them all. Yeah. We're scared to be honest with him about them. It's like, if I don't tell him, he won't find out. And the truth of the matter is, he's seen it all along. But the enemy wants to kind of paint that picture in our mind, said, well, if you can just hide this thing, he won't know about it. It's like when you take and you confess something that you've done wrong. It's, that's not when God found out about it. That's when you were ready to start taking a step to get free from it. But our failures and our flaws, I love that in that song because he's seen them all. He's seen them all. We think if I don't admit them, then they're not there. But they are there. But I am so thankful that God is not a God of condemnation. He's a God that wants to liberate us and set us free. Us and Him, we're in this thing together. It's in him that we live and move and have our being. I want you to imagine this. Here's this great big circle. You can't see it with your mind's eye, but it's there. And I'm going to get in that circle. I just jumped into that circle. What do I look like now? What do I look like now? I just jumped in Jesus. What do I look like now? Like Jesus, I look like Jesus. This is where he said, it's in him that I live and move and have my being. See, a lot of times we're so used to looking at everything in the natural that all that we can see is us and not really realizing that we're in a covenant relationship with him. I do love something that Phil shared. I had never really grasped this concept before. But I thought it was a beautiful analogy that when the spear was stuck into Jesus' side and the blood and the water poured out, you ever seen where they stuff these teddy bears? Stuff a pillow. The whole pillow is stitched up except for one little slit or incision. And through that place, you take and stuff that pillow. You stuff that teddy bear. And he gets full in a shape that he doesn't have while he's flat. That that slop, that slice, that place that was in the sight of Jesus. He takes us and he puts us in that place. And we're in Christ. We need to see ourselves in Christ. I mess with some people sometimes. And I ain't got one up right now. But I, I have my major tape. And I pull it out a little bit. And I say. I dub thee. Like King Arthur. Knight of the round table. And now you can. You're a knight. You can do something that you couldn't do before. You can slay dragons. Hmm. That we see ourselves in a, in a different light. See yourself. Allow your mind's eye. And ask the Holy Spirit to help, to help you to see yourself in Christ. And as you see yourself in him, that imagination and that vision of who you are. And if Jesus were in this situation, what, what would happen with that situation? What would he do if he were here? And see yourself in him. And see yourself with the Holy Spirit in you. There's a connection there that if we don't see it, we're robbed as the body of Christ of a power and authority that He has made available to us because we relegate everything to God and say, well, why don't you do something about it? And He says, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And he gave it back to the church. Why didn't Jesus do something about it? And Jesus says, why didn't you do something about it? Well, I didn't know that I could. Brothers and sisters, this is part of the connecting of the dots of seeing ourselves in him. Covenant relationship. It's not just me in this thing together. And it's not just Jesus in this thing. It's me and Jesus together in this thing. And we're walking it out together. I'm dependent on Him. He's dependent on me. Well, why does God, why does Jesus need me? Good question. Jesus is called the head. We are called the body. What would a head be like without a body? And what would a body be like without a head? They said this fellow was called out to an accident. And when he was called out to the accident, he looks down there and he says... head in the middle of the road and he looks down close examination of it and there's a note stuck in the ear you know what the note says I ain't got no body I ain't got no body What is a head like without a body, and what is a body like without a head? Jesus says, I am the head, you are my body. The head gives the directions the body carries them out. You can have a person that's been in a horrible accident and is paralyzed from, from here down. And they have all of these thoughts of things that they would like to do, but no body to cooperate and carry out the thoughts that are going on in the mind. And it's really a sad place. Sometimes they got more vision than some of the people that's got a body that'll function. Because... We're thinking, woe is me, and you don't know what I'm having to deal with. And they saying, here I am. I would sure love to do that. And I ain't got no cooperation from here down. And Jesus says, I'm the head. You're the body. I need you just as much as you need me. And you need me just as much as I need you. It's not an either or. It's together. Because he carries out his thoughts, his dreams, his visions through people just like us. This is part, brothers and sisters, of finding our purpose and finding our supply And bringing that supply to the table. Because God needs us. would we renew our mind to that? Would you like to renew our mind to that? Say something with me. Close your eyes when you do it. Just envision it for just a second. God needs you. God needs you. Say it again. God God needs needs me. Say it again. God 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 needs me. me. Say it again. God God needs me. Now let's let's shift this thing around just a minute. I need God. 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 God needs me. God needs me. I need God. I need God. God needs me. God needs me. I need God. I need God. God needs me. God needs me. It's a cooperation together. We need each other. Why? because we are in covenant together with him. <coughs> I'm thinking about the song right now. One day we may sing this song when we, learn, when we find it and learn it. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. If we're fighting it by ourselves, we're a fool. We're playing the part of the fool. because we've got all of heaven to join in with us and we're fighting this thing alone. Now, how crazy is that? But sometimes we do it because we forget that God is in this covenant with us. And that's when we cry out things like, God, where are you at? Because My circumstance has become greater than my covenant. My circumstance has become greater than my covenant. This is how i fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. When it looks like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. And it's got to become more. A lot of times, brothers and sisters, we would like and we get a, uh, a good feeling out of singing the song. And never a revelation that comes out of the truth. And he wants us to know not only the song, but he wants us to know him. That's what real worship is that when we know the song and the song just pours out of us, you don't have to work it up, it just flows out of you. I started sharing this because this is part of the revelations that I saw. The difference between praise and worship, they are not the same. I thought they were, I I, I knew that they were different, but I didn't know how much different that they were. Until I saw it. See, in, in praise, it's almost like learning a song. And there's a mechanics that goes along with it. Because you're having to learn how to do something. And you're starting to do something you didn't know how to do or hadn't done before. This is the picture that I get with Praise. You're learning. You're learning another skill. You're learning to do something a different way than you knew how to do it before. And somebody may have to coach you, and somebody might have to guide you through the steps. So many times we like the little youngins. You want to help them, and they say, "I do it myself." I do it myself. Okay, go ahead. I don't know what to do. (laughs) But I do it myself. I don't know what to do. Why can't I do this? Well, let me show you. This is where the coaching part, for the training part, comes in. Because this is where a part of the mechanical part of praise comes in. If I tell you the words to say, or Stacy's up here leading the song, and she's showing you the words to say and coaching you in it, it's not taking anything away from it. But that's not the goal. It's just for her to be able to coach us into doing something or to lead us into doing something. The goal is to get proficient enough at it that, that thing has turned around and now it flows out of me. When it flows out of us, it's worship. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to be encouraged to do it. Because you're already plugged in and it just, it just comes out. It's like that artesian well that used to be on Main Street. It didn't have to have a pump to help the water come out. Because there was a supply that was there that all you had to do was put your jug underneath of it. Yeah, it stank like high heaven. But it was, I'm talking about the supply. I'm talking about the supply. You know, and and then there was people that swear that it was the best water. They would come from all over the place to drink it. Not I, but... (laughs) And not live but the supply was there the supply was there you didn't have to work it up to get the supply that's the picture of worship that it just flows out that it just flows out that it just flows out that's what he wants our lives to be a living worship that's our goal. That's what we're stepping up to. Amen? Yeah. Amen? It has much to do with our perception of the thing that the picture's got to change inside of us so that we can see what we didn't see before. Stand with me this we. Sit back down in your and uh do our tithes and offer. And I'm I got some, I'm absent in the Father, I just praise you. I just thank you. Because you're the God who's more than enough. And you made a way available that we could be in you that we are in Christ. We're in covenant with you. So Father, by your Spirit, I ask that you would open up the eyes of our understanding. Help us to see that, to grasp that, that we are in a covenant relationship with you. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Amen.